You're listening to a podcast by Real Church and Pastor Noah Fritchie in Murfreesboro, Illinois. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this message inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy, and God bless. It's good to have you guys in church this morning. Welcome, welcome. Uh, We're starting a brand new teaching series. It's called Old School, and today I am excited. We're talking about some great Old Testament characters, um, some people that you can probably relate to, and I'm excited to get into this, but uh, before we do, um, I just want to welcome a few people watching. I want to welcome all those people watching online. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning and being a part of our extended church family. We're so excited to have you, and church, before we clap and welcome all those online, Online, I wanted to let you know about another great opportunity that we have here as a church. Last week, um, I told you we had our Vision Sunday, and I got to let you know about a couple of different items that we're excited about, people that we're excited to partner with, about outreach. And one of those, uh, one of those outreach items has already come to, it's fulfilled, everybody. We're right here, we're at it, and uh, today... For the very first time ever, we are not only welcoming all the people watching online, but we're welcoming all the great people at the Murfreesboro Life Skills Reentry Center today. So really quick, can we welcome all of those people on the other side of the camera? We're so happy to have you. Welcome, guys. We're so happy to have you as a part of our extended church family. And church, it's because of your generosity uh, that we get to partner with organizations like this just right in our backyard. And uh, we get to give the gospel to all the great uh, men at that facility. So we're so excited to be with them this morning. And today I'm excited to start this brand new teaching series called old school. And uh, I've been excited about this one because we're, we're going to be looking at different characters in the Old Testament. And I love series like this because it's really just like a teaching series. I, I love to go verse by verse and it's some of my favorite stuff. So if you like that, uh, this series is going to be for you. But today, uh, what we're really looking at and uh, how I want to start this series is I want to look at this, uh, this chapter of Hebrews chapter 11. So if you've got your Bibles, we're looking in Hebrews chapter 11 today, where Hebrews chapter 11 is actually an entire chapter of the Bible. It's famously nicknamed the Hall of Fame of Faith. It's a chapter of the Bible that talks about all these great people of faith. And it gives you why they're a person of faith. And the goal is to inspire you and it's to inspire me uh, to, to live a better life, essentially. And so we have this opportunity to really grab, really what we're going to do in this series is grab some life lessons from these people in the Hall of Fame of Faith, really these old school characters. And so here's what we find after Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about all these people who are in the Hall of Fame of Faith. The Bible says uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, which is just a continuation of the same thought, Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, which quite literally means that not only do people go to heaven, but the cool part is, is that these people are watching. Like these great people of faith are in heaven watching us. We're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. They're watching us. They're cheering for us. The Bible says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out 
for us. And so if you could just picture this scripture with me, just imagine this great grandstand of these people, of the, the people of faith, the people who have gone before us. And they're up in the grandstand and they're cheering you on. I think it's so special to think about something like that. I don't know if you've ever played a sport before. I'm not the sport type, but I did play basketball in the middle school, all right? So <laughs> I, <laughs> I do know uh, a little bit about what it's like. And so if you've ever played a sport before, you know what it's like to have the fans cheering for you, to have somebody, to have your team having your back. It just gives you this energy. You run harder, you work, you go faster, you work harder. You just do things different when you know that you've got all these people that have your back. But here's the thing, and here's the problem with all the people in the stands, is that when you have all these people in the stands, you hear the collective noise of everyone, but you can't hear the individual voices. So someone's yelling something, everybody's yelling at the same time, and you can't, you don't know what a single person is yelling, but you, you do know that it's there. And so the goal of this series is just this. What if we could pull out some of the great people of faith that are in the grandstand right now, that are in heaven, and they're cheering for us. What if we could pull them out of the stands and hear what they are saying, hear what they're trying to tell us? And in this series, we're gonna pull the different men and women of faith, and we're gonna let them, quite honestly, just run on the track next to us. We're gonna get them next to us and hope that they can teach, help teach us something. And what we want to do is we want to reduce, really this whole series is going to reduce their whole life story down to one thing that keeps us running. The one, one thing that keeps us going. Now, if you were here last week, you probably know that I told you that I, I had every intention on doing the life of King David this week. I was excited to do David until I got into studying for it and realized that there is a lot in the Bible about David. <laughs> so in this past week, I did not have enough time to give you everything that I wanted to give you about King David. And so today, instead of King David, he'll probably make a comeback here, uh, but I need a few weeks to prepare for him. Instead of David today, we're going to talk about a guy named Samson. Now, Samson, I, the reason I picked Samson is because I'm really just stirred by Samson. Samson was one of the judges, and he's mentioned in this hall of fame of faith, in this, in this Hebrews chapter 11. His name is mentioned, which by the way, there's not very many names mentioned in the hall of fame of faith, but when you think about Samson and his life story, you really wouldn't think he'd be there, because quite honestly, most of Samson's life was lived miserably. He lived this quite miserable life. In fact, I would say that Samson got it wrong most of the time. Like he was wrong more than he was right. God called Samson to be this leader. God called Samson to, to have this anointing on his life. He had the presence of God with him, but Samson was still full of dishonesty, disobedience. He hung out with the wrong crowd. He was just around the wrong people. And you probably already know the story about how Samson ends up with this girl named Delilah. And Delilah, she's trying, she tries to get the secret to, he had this supernatural strength. God gave him the supernatural strength. And Delilah 
tries to get the secret from Samson. He lies to her a couple times, but eventually gives in and he shares the secret to his anointing and the strength that he has. And so Delilah cuts off his hair. He gets captured by the Philistines. The Philistines, they gouge his eyeballs out. They, they take his, can you imagine that? Ooh, that's awful. They gouge out his eyeballs. They hook him up to really what an oxen should be hooked up to. And he spends the rest of his life in slave labor at a grain mill, doing what really an oxen should be doing. And this man is in the hall of fame of faith, everybody. It's quite interesting how he got there. And I think there's a reason why he's there. I'm going to share that reason at the very end. But today I just want to pull out, I just want to pull Samson out of the stands. And of course we know that Samson, he loses his eyes and he can't see. And I quite honestly, I think that Samson would talk about that. I think if we would talk to Samson today, I think he would talk about how he was blind. But not only was he blind, but I think that he would tell us that he was, he was blind long before he lost his eyesight. That he was blind to the devil's plan of his life. In fact, I would say it like this if you're taking notes. For when you think you see everything clearly all on your own, I think Samson would tell us that you don't have to lose your eyes to be blind. You don't have to lose your eyes to be blind to the devil's plan. And quite frankly, I think this is what church is all about. I think church is a place where we should come and get a fresh perspective on life, a, a place that gives us some spiritual eyes to help us see our situation just a little bit different. In fact, that's what the Bible talks about. The Bible says that's what the Bible says that's what it is. The Bible says the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. So the word of God quite literally helps us see things really, quite frankly, things that we can't see on our own. And so today, I just want to invite you to open up your heart and maybe let God show you some things that you think that you can see clearly right now, but really, you can't see them clearly. You haven't been able to see them clearly. And so we're going to look at some of these things, some stories, some, some, some points that I believe Samson would help us, that Samson would want to tell us. Here, for instance, here's what Samson I think Samson would, would tell us. I think Samson would say that we can be blind to God's purpose in our life. Which, really, Samson was. <laughs> Samson was really blind to God's purpose of his life. He had a calling of God. He had this, he had this anointing and God's supernatural presence. And, and quite uh, his supernatural strength lived in Samson. And this power lived in Samson. And Samson just tossed it aside. And all of a sudden, he, was, he really was just blind to God's purpose for his life. In fact, from birth, the angel came to his mom and said this in Judges 13. He said, uh, you will become pregnant and have a son whose head is to never be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. To, to be a Nazarite, quite literally, there's this Nazarite vow that, uh, that people would take in the Old Testament. There's three things that they would have to do. One of them was this, is that, that they could not cut their hair. 
And by doing this, it wasn't just because God liked long hair. Uh, the reason is, is it was just a symbol to dedicate, uh, to dedicate yourself to God. And so this, that's what the verse says here is that it was to dedicate, uh, dedicate Samson to God from the womb. It goes on to say, he'll take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines, which I think is quite interesting because Samson's call on his life, Samson's purpose of his life was to never get his eyeballs gouged out. That was never God's plan for his life. His call was to defeat the Philistines for the Jewish nation. That's what he was called to do. But Samson didn't follow God's purpose for his life. Why? Why couldn't Samson, why wouldn't Samson follow God's purpose for his life? I believe it's because he never saw his calling clearly. He just never saw it. And one of my greatest fears for you and for all of those watching is that you would go through life without a great sense of why your life matters. Listen, your life matters. And if you look into my eyes this morning, you need to know this, that purpose and meaning and just, it, it just purpose in general is not reserved for ministers like me. <laughs> it's not just for people like me. You have just as great of a calling and a purpose on your life as I have. And, you, when, you, and when you find it and when you have it, can I tell you that, that you, you begin to make better choices. Your life is better. And if Samson would have just seen the calling that God had on his life, I truly believe that he would have made different choices. But he just couldn't see it. In fact, I would tell you that just as your pastor, listen, I make better choices knowing that I have to stand here on Sunday mornings. <laughs> I, I, I live my life differently knowing that I have to be in front of you every week. I live differently knowing that you expect some things from me. I make choices about life and what I will do and what I won't do because I have a sense of purpose and so do you. When you have that sense of purpose, it changes the way that you live your life. And if you don't see that, if you don't begin to see your purpose, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, we talked about this last weekend with Vision Weekend, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. Where there's no vision, another scripture says, another version of the scripture says, the people perish. And I don't want that for your life. And there's so many of us that would say, well, it really doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. Well, listen, it absolutely matters what you do because, and, and this is a repeat from last week, but I thought it was good enough to bring it back for you. It's when I don't see God's vision for my life, I'm in danger of settling for an earthly counterfeit. And if you wanna learn more about vision in your life, listen to last week's message. And we literally talk about the devil's earthly counterfeit for your life. And that's why at this church, we, we talk so much about vision and we talk so much about purpose because you need that. We talk about the real purpose event, which by the way, you can start next month. Sign up for it online. Join us for a real purpose event. And it's, it's critical that you do because you need to know why you're on this earth. But enough about purpose. I've told you about purpose. I think another thing that Samson would tell us is that we can also be blind to the power of 
relationships. And some of you have experienced this firsthand. And can I tell you, relationships, relationships are powerful, man. They are powerful. Good relationships can be powerful in a good way, but can I tell you that bad relationships can be powerful in a really bad and tragic way. And so many of us, we don't understand the power of our relationships. And I want us to look at a part of Samson's story. Let's look at this in Judges 14. It says, when he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman. Now go get her as my wife. Samson, he sees this woman and he immediately just says, I want her as my wife. And the Bible in, in this, this vow of being a Nazarite uh, literally meant that you were going to keep yourself in the Jewish race, that you were going to keep your, you were going to marry in the Jewish race, which by the way is not a racist act. It's just really a point of purity that they would do. It's kind of like today I would compare it to uh, Christians marrying non-Christians. The Bible specifically talks about don't be yoked together with an unbeliever. Why? Because it, it, it brings, it'll pollute your life. It'll, it'll bring your life down. And which, by the way, a lot of people, when I say that, especially in this culture, will say, well, that's, that's really restrictive. That's, I don't like a God who's restrictive like that, but that's not what it is at all. Our God is not restrictive. He's protective of us. And the reason that he gives us that is because he's protective of us in the same way with Samson. He was just protective of Samson's life. And so it's, the verse goes on to say, his father and mother replied, isn't there any acceptable women uh, among your relatives or all among our people? Like, don't you think you could find anyone else, basically, anyone around us? And it goes on to say, must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? Which uncircumcised, again, just meaning that they just believe something differently. They have a different set of values. They have a different set of beliefs. But the Bible says, but Samson said to his father, go get her for me. She's the right one for me. And what he didn't realize is that that would be one of the worst decisions of his life. And he would end up spending a lifetime, the rest of his life, defined by that one relationship. Which, by the way, so are you. So are you. Your life reflects the people that you hang out with. Your life reflects the people that you're connected with. And that's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians. It says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Can I tell you, you get around the wrong people and it's a mess. It's a mess. But if you get around the right people, be a great work in your life. And it's really important the relationship, the relational decisions that you make in life. Which, by the way, I want to say something to all the young people in this room because I am this, I'm a young person too, and I'm learning this as well. But you need to know 
And which, by the way, your parents are going to love this. You're probably not going to love this, but, but, but your parents are going to, and I'm right anyway. So, uh, but, <laughs> but listen, young people, your parents are not as wrong as you think they are. They're not as wrong as you think they are. They know. They know more than you think they do about the people that you're hanging out with. They know a whole lot more, and you need to lean in Young person, you need to lean into the wisdom of your parents because they see things that you just can't possibly see. Just for the simple fact that they've lived longer than you. They've been on this earth longer than you. And I mean, help me out, parents. Come on, somebody. Like, like is it true? It's, it's true. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter six. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. And maybe you're, maybe you're here, maybe you're online and you're saying that, well, I don't have godly parents. I just, I'm not blessed with godly parents. Well, the Bible says that God sets the lonely and other families He'll provide someone for you. He's going to, he will send you a godly father and mother figure in your life. And it's important that you realize that you're not the only one who can see your life clearly. You've got to have another set of eyes on your life, someone else looking out for you. In fact, I was, <laughs> I love this, and you, I think you guys are going to enjoy this. In the words of the great philosopher, the great theologian, Taylor Swift, she says, <laughs> when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you're gonna believe them. <laughs> and when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you're gonna believe you. You're, you're gonna believe them. But guess what, everybody? They don't. <laughs> it, it's a lie. It's a lie. Listen, when I was 15, I, I told girls I love them all the time. You know what? I wanted some sugar, everybody. I, I did. I, I did. I, woo! <laughs> Can we just be real? Like, come on. Uh, <laughs> but they don't. They don't. Uh, listen. And I'm freeing like a 12-year-old right now in Jesus' name. Uh, <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the absolute, it's the absolute truth. They don't. And Samson, he was blind to this. He was in the same boat. And he just disregarded his parents' instruction. And so you've got to be careful. The relationships that you pick. Another thing that I believe Samson would tell us is this, is that we can be blind to the nature of, of God. We can be blind to the nature of God. And Samson had this anointing that gave him supernatural strength on his life. And when he got with Delilah, Delilah wanted to know the source of his strength. Like every good relationship, right? I want to know your deepest, darkest secret. Like, tell me right now. And that's what, that's what Delilah wanted. He, she wanted to know the secret to his strength. And so not only was Samson, he's already sleeping around with the wrong person, right? Like, like he's already on the wrong side of things. He's lying and he's deceitful. And not only is he lying and deceitful to his parents, but he's lying and deceitful uh, to, <laughs> to his wife here, Delilah. And he 
even kept lying to her. In fact, he, he, if you know the story, the story goes, and I, I'm not, I don't get a chance to go all the way through scripture with you, but I can paraphrase it for you. The, the story goes a little bit like uh, she, asked, she asked him once, what's the, what's the secret to your strength? And, he's, and he says, well, if you tie me up with seven fresh bowstrings, if you tie me up with those, I, that's the secret to my strength. I can't break through those. Well, guess what? He lied to her. There's one. He told her that if you tie me up with new ropes, and you, uh, there, there's two. It didn't work. He said, if you weave the braids of my hair in with this linen cloth, it, it, that's the secret to my strength. And he lied to her again. And so every time that every time he would lie to her, he would tell, he would tell her she would do these things, and the Philistine army would be out the door coming to get him, and he would get up and release himself and, and just and, and destroy the Philistines. All right. And so he's even lying to his wife. And I think it's interesting that even though Samson, he's abusing his power, he's abusing his God given power on his life. And even though he is abusing the anointing on his life, sure enough, the presence of God was still with him, even though he was living an ungodly life. I think it's so interesting. Why? Why would God stay with him? if he's still living an ungodly life, I think it's because we serve a really good, a really faithful, a really generous, a really forgiving, a really loving God. And here, here is Samson and, and here, here he is and, and he's, he, he's on the wrong side of almost everything. And he continued to live that life. And we pick it up in Judges 16. It says, after putting him to sleep, on her lap, which already, there's some trouble right there. Uh, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair, which he finally, finally gave her the secret. Because Samson, or, or because Delilah goes on this whole big rant, you don't really love me if you're not gonna tell me the secret. And so here's, here's where we are. Um, after putting him to sleep on her lap, she calls for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair. And so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. And then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before. And I'm just going to shake this off and I'll be free. I'll be free. But the Bible says he did not know that the Lord had left him. And then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, took him down to Gaza. So what's the moral to the story? I think really the moral of the story is him realizing that now he has to live life in shackles. And they set him in a, this grinding, they set him to grinding grain in the prison. Why? It's because he didn't respect or know the nature of God. I think this is a really important point for us to talk about because it's really easy. And, and in fact, you'll, you'll, hear me, you'll hear me say this. A lot of, a lot of messages are, our God loves you. He loves you so much, which by the way, he does. I've, I've said many times that if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Like he loves you that much. He thinks about you. He, he cares about you. But that's not the whole counsel of God. Our God not only is loving, but the Bible says that he's also a just and holy God. Our God is a God to be respected. He's a God to be honored. 
The Bible says that we should walk in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord not meaning that we should be afraid of him. It just quite literally means that we should have a healthy respect for who he is. We should have a respect that he's better than us. He knows all things and he knows what's best for us. In fact, the Bible says in Genesis 6, it says, the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Listen, our God still loves you. You're still going to heaven, but you can step outside of his covering and you can see what life is like without him. And can I tell you, when you do that, you're going to feel the burn. You're going to feel it. It's going to hurt. And that's not just, oh, pastor, that's an Old Testament scripture. There's grace in the New Testament. Well, that's not, not just the case in the New Testament. In Romans, it also says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? We're called to step outside of sin because you can actually get to a place where God will let you live life He'll let you see what life is without him. And I think Samson would tell us that he was blind to that. In fact, I think he would say that when I, when I understand what it means to fear God, I can live fearlessly. When you truly understand what it means to fear God, you can begin to live fearlessly. And so today, I just want to give you a few more pieces of advice. Uh, these are going to go really quick. And uh, there's, there's three points. I promise you we're going to run through these. And uh, those godly people out there that are note takers, you're going to take all these notes. You're going to write all these things down. I'm proud of you, all right? And uh, <laughs> I'm just being serious. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know what I am now. But anyway, here's, here's Samson's words of encouragement. Number one, I think that he would, to, to finish us off, I think Samson would tell us to protect the presence of God. I think Samson would tell us to do whatever it takes to gain the favor of God on our life. And if you want to know, if you want to know what God is attractive to, it's easy. And I think it's, it's what every parent is attractive to. It's obedience. God is attractive to our obedience. And like, which I think it's really interesting that God has told you, he's probably told you to do stuff in your life the question is, why don't you do it? <laughs> That's the real question. Like he's, he spoke to you. You've read his word. You know what he wants from you. Why don't you just do it? And I think it's so interesting, the number of people who just so desperately, they want what God has to offer for their life, but they won't do a thing that God asked them to do. And so they set and complain about well, God didn't show up for me for this. And God doesn't, God doesn't help me here. God doesn't help me there. And all the reality is God is asking you to take the first step and you're not even taking the first step. And listen, I'm not a, a get in your face type of person, but I might just, in this point, I might just go up on my soapbox for a little bit and uh, let you know, this is for your benefit. And listen, if you don't like it, you can forgive me and come back next week. That'll be all right. Uh, but some of you, some of you, you walk around and you walk around in complete disobedience to God. 
And you're asking God, why, God, why don't, you, why don't you show up in my life? And you're not even spending a minute in prayer a day. You're not reading his word. Why, why don't you serve? Why don't you serve God in some capacity? You don't have to serve at this church to serve him. But why don't you serve him? It's a, it's a great way to serve him. But why don't you serve him in some way? Why don't you prioritize your relationship with God? And there's some people that I talk to that just, ah, oh, I just don't feel the presence of God in my life. Well, maybe if you would just draw closer to God, he would draw closer to you. It's a promise that he says in his word. And one of the things that shocks me is just the number of people who, who, who can say yes to Jesus, but then take no steps to follow him. Last week, I gave you four steps on your next step. You're in that journey of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making a difference. You're in one of those steps. And the reason that God isn't showing up in your life is because you're not taking your next step. You're just here. You're just, you're just here knowing God this morning. You're just watching online, just knowing God. But you won't take your next step of going into a group and finding freedom. And you're wondering why God isn't showing up in your life. And here we are. I think Samson would, would, would show us that. Listen, it's not our rule. It's not our rules. We, and, and quite frankly, we don't have just the exact right science. Like I think about baptism. Like, like it wasn't my idea to get a pool out and to, bab, and to dunk people under the water. Like it's not my rule, but Jesus asked us to do it. And so I have no idea why, but that's what we're going to do. Like that's the way that he, he wanted, he, that's the way that he wants us to do. And some of us, we're just, we won't even take that step because we don't like getting our hair wet. <laughs> and we're, we're afraid of what, what, we're just afraid of it for whatever reason, which listen, Jesus went to the cross for you I think you can afford to get your hair wet at church. <laughs> like, like, and, and to take, and, and that's just a practical example, but I think you can afford to take your next step. I'm just telling you, you just need to follow God. Here's some scriptures. 1 Thessalonians 5 19, it says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Here's another scripture, Ephesians 4 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of Redemption. How do you cultivate the spirit of God? Here's what I truly do believe. You put, I'm sorry, that's not in a slide, but if for those extra note takers, you can put God first. How do you cultivate the presence of God? You put God first. How? First day of the week. First, maybe it's, your, maybe it's in your paycheck. The first check that you write is a tithe to him. It's not something that we ask. It's something that we do to obey him. You put God first in your giving, in your time. Honor God with your life. And can I tell you, when you do, watch his favor roll in. His favor will roll in. It'll be with you and he will bless you. Here's the second thing I know Samson would say to us is that Samson would tell us to choose your relationships carefully. Don't just take the relationships that come to you. You need to pick the relationships, everybody. You need, to, you need to guard those relationships. And some of you, you need better relationships in your life. And some of you, uh, you need to get rid of some of the bad ones, quite frankly. And I have, I've taught on this so much. I've talked about it earlier in this message. I just want to give this to you. It's not going to be up here long enough for you to write all this down. But it's here. You need to nurture important relationships. You need to restore broken relationships. You need to sever some harmful relationships and initiate some meaningful relationships. You need help with your relationships. Here's where, what we've got. I preach a lot of messages about 
relationships. You need to work on your relationships. Here's Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise grows with the wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. I want to be walking with the wise, everybody. That's where I want to be. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, we have to be intentional with relationships. And one thing that I love about this church, I, I, I think of so many of us at this church, we have, I think we've done a good job at selling you on this concept of having good relationships. Hebrews 10 says, let us not give up meeting together as some of us are in the habit of doing. Which by the way, there's some of us that during this virus, that's where we were. <laughs> and I, again, on my soapbox for one more time for today, that we've given up the, the idea, the, the great thing that God has given us to meet together as the body of Christ in person. And we're in the habit. And the, the only reason that we're not back is because we're in the habit of doing it. But let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Make good relationship choices. And right now we're in the middle of a small group semester. And I think all of our small groups are really going great. Um, but whenever a small group semester comes around, I just want to encourage you, commit to it. Even if you can only go to one, <laughs> like if you can only go to a couple, you've got vacations or you've got things to do. Commit to having some good relationships. And the last thing, as we end today, the last thing I think Samson would tell us, and really the reason why I believe that Samson ended up in the Hall of Fame of Faith it's because when you look at the Hall of Fame of Faith, when you look at the list of people, the people that are all on that list, they're not there for the success of their life. But the interesting thing is, is that they're there for how they finished their life. And I think God is trying to say to us, I think, I think the reason that Samson is on the list is not because of the way that he lived his life, but how he finished. In fact, I would just say it like this, that failure is never final. And part of the story that I haven't told you is there's Samson. There he is in the grain mill, walking in a circle like a donkey. No eyes, <laughs> he can't see. The power of God has left him. Look at what Samson does. Judges 16. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me once more. Can I tell you? You serve a once more type of God. <laughs> you serve a God of the once more. You serve a God where you can mess up the whole thing and you cry out to him and he's there once more, just one more time. And the Bible says that strength came back to Samson. And the Bible says that he grabbed the two pillars of the temple of the Philistines and he pulled down the temple. Bible goes on to say that he destroyed more of his enemies in that one act than everything else that he did combined. God still fulfilled the purpose for Samson. And there's some people who you feel like you've gone too far. You've done too much. God would never forgive me. He would never redeem me. 
You feel like your eyes have been gouged out. You've got some scars of this life. And some of you, you're here and you've had, a, you, you're, you've had a failure of your marriage. You've had a failure of your finances. Maybe it's a failure of your business. Maybe it's just a moral failure. You need to hear this today. You serve a once more type of God. You serve a God of the second chances and he's good and he's there for you. In fact, well, say it like this. Failure is only final when you refuse to get back up. Failure is only final when you refuse to get back up. Proverbs 24, 16, the godly may trip seven times, but they get back up again. You can get back up again. And there's some people here, there's some people watching on the other side of the screen that you need to get back up again. Today is your day to get back up again. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads with me. Father, today I just pray for every single person that relates to Samson. Lord, every person that feels like a failure. God, they feel like they've, they've failed. Maybe it's, maybe it's a parent that feels like they failed, a business that has failed. Maybe they, their dreams have failed or they have some type of moral failure. But God, we know that failure is never final and that you are the God of the once more. And God, even when we don't get it all right, God, even when we screw our whole life up, God, at the end of the day, it's not too late. We can still cry out to you to save us once more. God, today we just cry out to you. God, we ask you to be with us. God, save us. God, take away Oh, all of those bad things that we've done. God, we've released them to you today in Jesus' name. Right now, would you just cry out to God? Would you just release those things? Would you just give them the things on your heart right now? God, we release those things to you in Jesus' name. And God, we cry out to you to once more be in our life. That God, that failure is not final. That you're the God of the redemption. That's who you are. We thank you that you're here with us and that you're restoring us today in Jesus' name. With heads bowed, eyes closed. There's some of us here today watching online that we've never cried out to God. We've, we've tripped seven times, but we haven't got up again. The good news is, is that you can get up and no matter what you've done in your life. Listen, Samson, his whole life, messed up his entire life, threw God's purpose away for his life, but still at the end of the day, at the end of his life, he still cried out to God. And you can do that right now. No matter what you've done, no matter who you've hurt, no matter where you've been, you can cry out to God today. And some of you are taking that first step for the very first time. If that's you, what we're going to do is we just pray a simple prayer. Just says, God, I give you my life. I give you everything. I make you my Lord. And today you can start a relationship with the real Jesus. We'd invite you to do that. If that's you in this room, that you watching online, you just do a really simple thing. Would you just raise your hand just so I know who I'm praying with? If you're in the chat, raise your hand in the chat. We'd love for you to do that. Are you ready? On the count of three, would you lift your hands? Ready? One two, three, you say that you surrender your life. Thank you. Thank you. 
Church, because we believe in this prayer, would you pray this after me? Just say this after me. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Can we give it up for all the people who prayed that prayer this morning? Thank you for listening to The Real Church Podcast. If you would like to partner with us financially or you live in the Southern Illinois area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out realchurch.info. 